Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. It is Wednesday, July 5th. Hopefully, everyone had a happy July 4th. It was kind of cold and rainy here in Massachusetts. How about you, Drew? Uh, it's still hot here and everything, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Typical 4th of July here. If it doesn't hit at least 95, then uh, it's not really 4th of July in Texas. It has been raining for like two weeks straight, it seems like. Every day is just like rainy and disgusting. It's 75 degrees out. It's just a gross, another gross day in Massachusetts. I'm hoping because the Red, I'm going to the Red Sox game today. I am hoping, fingers crossed, that it doesn't rain. I don't know if you saw the Red Sox-Rangers game, but it poured the whole game. Jeez. Pass that down here because we need it down here badly. <laughs> it is like I'm living in a rainforest, my friend. The the grass just keeps on growing. Everything is green. It is just like I I, I have a, I've had enough of the rain. I feel like <laughs> I live in Seattle. Yep, yep. It's it's crazy. Well, uh, you're listening to me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from rainy Boston, Massachusetts, and the other voice on the end is Drew Pelto from. Arlington, Texas, right near Dallas, and he is sweltering down in the Dallas summer, but he he's with us, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm upright. I have the AC going. I have a fan going. It's 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 survivable at least. I mean, it could be worse. It was 104 last week, and it's only about 95 right now. So you know, could be worse. I know. I wish we could get some warm weather. I'd like to go to the pool and yeah. maybe go to the beach and get a suntan. And it's like, oh, it's just so gross here. Yep, yep. You love New England. I mean, you've been in New England. You don't know no like New England weather is, right? Oh yeah, I spent the uh, summer of '04 up there. It was actually it was fairly hot. I remember Fourth of July actually going out and playing street hockey almost all day that day. And God, yeah, it was probably it, it hit the '90s at least that day. And I mean, I was sweating, sweating like crazy in that goalie gear for it and everything. <laughs> but uh, it was one of the few hot days there. I mean, most of the time it was you know '70s and '80s the whole time. Yeah. It's it's been muggy. It's really muggy and lots of rain and just not nice. I'm not I'm not complaining. I guess it's I don't want 104, but I would like right. I like a few 90s days and yeah. enjoy enjoy the summer. You know, right, right. All right, buddy. Well, we have a really fun show for you guys today. We have Bob Demarco. Bob played 15 years in the NFL as a center. And I, when I first uh, talked to Bob, when Bob I reached out to me because I reached out to him and asked to be on the show, he said, "Oh, I'd love to be on your show." I was like, "Okay." hang up the phone with him. I'm like, what am I going to talk to a guy that played center in the <laughs> NFL about, you know, blocking schemes and hiking the ball. And you know yeah. what? The guy was an awesome, it was an awesome, awesome interview. He played 15 years. He played for the Cardinals. He played for the 
Browns and he played for the Miami Dolphins and he played for the LA Rams. So he's been around. He played with a lot of guys. We talked Don Schuler and Chuck Knox and uh, all sorts of other cool stuff. So it's really a fun interview. So stick around with Bob. Bob's uh, doesn't pull any punches. He talks about some some forbidden fruit in the <laughs> NFL, right? Nice. I like that. So there's a lot of stuff to that Bob talks about. So that is coming up. Stick around. As I said, I'm going to the Red Sox game today. Uh, I've been busy with the holiday weekend. It's been raining, nothing to do. So I put away about 100 TTMs, paged them all up, got organized. That was that was kind of fun. I uh, got a bunch of TTM returns on um, Saturday and Monday. I got uh, um, a few returns from Reggie Jackson. I got a couple of returns from Harold Baines, and I got two returns from Fergie Jenkins. So I three of my uh, uh, Hall of Famers from that I sent out a couple of weeks ago came in. I just checked my list. I have um, eleven left. I think I sent out over thirty, and I think I only I have eleven left. So I got about two thirds of them back. Nice, so, nice. So, so hopefully we'll have some uh, more Hall of Fame returns. And then I've been getting a bunch of 1973 Tops football, and I got three or four of those as well. So the returns are coming in. You've been getting returns? Uh, not really, not a whole lot yet, but I did uh, send a few out, and I've got a few more waiting here that I just need to put in my spreadsheet, and I can uh, mail those out as well. And then I've ordered a bunch of international stamps as well, so I'm going to have some requests going out to South Korea, Japan, and Mexico once those stamps roll in. So. It's getting there. I just uh, haven't had any rolling back here in the last couple of days, but it's it's still early in the week. Hopefully that's going to change. Right. You, you know how it goes. Plus the holiday today, so uh, yesterday. So you'll get you'll definitely get uh, some mail in today, I'm sure. Well, oh, yeah. Friday's my birthday. I'm going to be 58, Drew. 50. Um, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I can see I'm, get, I'm getting to the top of that hill, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> so my birthday is Friday, so that'll be fun i'm looking forward to spending time with the family um how was your week it's been good so far i haven't really done a whole lot because you know heat and everything uh i think what all have we done we uh wife and i hung out with aubrey the other day and uh, you know just got to spend a day with her and everything and just yeah i mean it's been a fairly relaxing weekend just uh hanging out here i mean it's one of my few off weekends too for not having any uh baseball stuff scheduled i could have gone down to cleburne for a couple games but I didn't have anything uh, bought or pulled for either of the teams that are coming in. They didn't really have a whole ton of players that I that even have cards. So I figured, no, I'm just going to take this weekend off, relax, do nothing. Um, got a couple trades in, waiting on a couple others. But yeah, that's about it. So it's been a relaxing week, and I kind of like that. You got any um, vacation planned for the summer? Are you going anywhere this summer? Uh, no, not really. We're going up to Colorado in the fall, but that's the only thing that we're doing there. Not uh, not taking any trips this year at all. This is one of my off years from doing long road trips. So uh 2025 will be the next one for that. And I'm depending on a few things. I might try to fly up for the national next year, but we'll see about that yet. Is there a, is there a Dallas show coming up? Do we have a Dallas show coming up? Yeah, actually there is one, I believe in like a week and a half or so, but uh, it's going to be all the way up in Allen there. And I don't know, I'm just uh, not feeling it this time around. At all. <laughs> so we'll see once uh, I think the next one will probably be in like September, October. So we'll see about it once that one rolls around. Yeah. Well, Drew, I think we got all our housekeeping in, in a row, right? We're, yeah, we're done. So. Well, let's go batting leadoff. Batting leadoff. It is hobby happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. 
smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. You do it the best. You do it the best, my friend. Hobby Happenings, of course, is uh, some news that's been going on in the last couple of days since we did our last show on Saturday. Just uh, We have the National 21 days away, three weeks away from uh, hopping on a plane to Chicago. Really looking forward to that. I got all my cards and my book ready to go. I got uh, some pictures I'm going to get printed out, and, and I got some baseballs to get signed. And uh, really looking forward to heading to Chicago for for four days of baseball cards and hopefully i don't visit a hospital this time you know yeah exactly I hope you actually are able to get out to the show there the whole time there <laughs> should be fun so i'm looking yeah. forward to that we have some rating numbers for june from our friends at gem rate we do indeed yeah the entire month here so psa just barely short of that 1 million mark nine hundred and ninety nine thousand cards that they graded throughout the month of june that's down 1% from May, but up 13% from uh, from last year. That's a SGC, lot of freaking cards, my friend. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I'm looking over at like the boxes here next to me. I'm thinking they did that times four. That's probably maybe even times five. That's that's a lot going through there. Yeah, that's a lot of cards going through a building. Yeah. SGC, nice uh, month for them as well. 97,000 cards a day grade. That's a 10% increase over May. Down 4% since last year, but still strong numbers right there. Beckett, up 4% since last year, up 14% since May, 74,000 cards that went through their offices. And uh, CGC, they've been a little bit busy. They've got an excuse here. They've got the whole merger thing there with the CGC and uh, CSG all going on there. 59,000 cards for them, down 9% from May, down 35% since last year. But I think we're going to see a big, big increase out of them for uh, July and August. I, I agree. And I think they're... they're um... Their main, they had maintenance on their back end, so that I'm not sure if that that's the full month or not. So we'll we'll, we'll give them a pass for, for June, all right? Absolutely, yes. All right, we have some new releases, a lot of new releases coming. We have the two. This is the 2023 Panini Chronicles Draft Picks Football is coming out. You get uh, six packs of eight cards per pack. You get four autos and one memorabilia. That is going for about $180. That's 2023 Panini Chronicles Draft Picks Football is now up for $180. Got some uh, an Upper Deck product coming out here. The 2022 Skybox Metal Universe Champions set that is out there. Has uh, three Skybox Premium cards in there and three base set retro 97-98 cards in there. So some cool stuff there with the 25-year uh, flashback there. $250 would be the price tag on that. This is a hot one, Drew, that I've seen on, online. A lot of people are buzzing about this one. 2022-23 Panini Obsidian NBA. Panini Obsidian. I'll get it. Obsidian NBA. You get um two card, two autos. There's one pack of seven cards. You get two inserts or, or parallel cards and three base cards for about $270. That's 2022-23 Panini Obsidian NBA out uh, this week. Nice. I've got some soccer stuff coming from Panini as well for the Chronicles soccer set for 2022-23. Uh, in there, you're going to see three mini boxes per box, and each mini box will have 15 cards in it. You'll see three autographs or memorabilia cards in there. $280 to $290 is what that one is running at right now. 
We have a new release from Bowman, Bowman University Best Basketball. It's 2022-23. These are um, college guys, right? These are uh, all college guys. Uh, and a hobby box is running about $120. You get two Chrome Autos. There's about 100 cards in the base set. This is 2022-23. Bowman University Best Basketball for about $120 for a hobby box. Got a, a big signing here by Panini. So a guy that you'll be seeing probably in some upcoming products here. High school basketball player Trey Johnson has signed to an autograph deal. He's hoping to go first overall in the 2025 NBA draft. So two years away yet on that. But we'll be seeing some, uh, seeing him appearing in some products here coming up very soon. He actually lived in Texas and moved to Missouri for some uh, better marketing opportunities there with uh, NIL deals and such and uh, eligibility issues and all that stuff for uh, having those kinds of uh, NIL deals and paid deals for playing. So, uh, Kind of interesting to see there that these guys are willing to move around like that to take advantage of any kind of deals the card companies will offer. But uh, Trey Johnson, keep an eye out for him. Yeah, I guess if you live in Texas, you can't sign an NIL deal and play in uh, high school sports. Wow. So that's why he moved. He's playing uh, uh, at a school in Missouri. He went to move to Missouri and signed it, signed the deal. So good, good for Trey. And the money just keeps flowing, right, Drew? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting that Texas of all states would have a limit on that. They're usually, you know, yeehaw, look at our freedom kind of stuff. And then they're going to, you know, put that kind of a limitation in place. It's like, wait a second here, guys. You're supposed to be, you know, the libertarian Wild West state here. And uh, no, you're really not. He's going to go up to Missouri. Wow, that's okay. Good for him, though. <laughs> Yep, good for him. Well, you know what? We have a holiday to mark in August, guys. August 5th is 2023 International Trading Card Day. Wow. Mark your calendar, Drew. August 5th. Yep. Tops will be having free packs of cards and uh, special exclusive cards at card shops. So August 5th is 2023 International Trading Card Day. We, lo we love those kind of hobbies and holidays, don't we, Drew? Absolutely. Anytime where you get free cards, it's always a great thing. And uh that would have been my grandfather's 121st birthday as well. And he was the first baseball player in the family. So it's like, all right, I kind of have to go out and celebrate this now, don't I? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, Drew, I don't know if you've been following the uh, NHL or, or the Hockey Hall of Fame has uh, announced some new Hall of Famers. I figured I'd just run down them and you can uh, give me your opinions on some of these guys and if they sign TTM and if uh, their, their rookie cards are worth getting. So why don't we run down and just, just get, I'm going to mention the name and then you give me their opinion on it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Henry Lundquist, former Goldie for the Rangers. He is on television. You see him on the NHL network uh, during the playoffs and really good looking guy. Right. Very yeah. well spoken. And uh, I think he won a Stanley cup with the Rangers, right? Uh, no, he did not win a cup with the Rangers, but he does have at least one gold medal in the Olympics. Okay. So Henry Lundquist, what do you think? Absolutely much deserved as a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was, it's not his fault. He did a crappy team in front of him for so long there with the Rangers. I mean, he was the best goalie of the NHL for quite a while. I don't even know how many Vesna trophies he won, but it's got to be multiple Vesna trophies, I would think. He's got a gold medal with Sweden in 2006, I think it was. Maybe a couple of other medals as well. I think he might have a silver in there along with it. And yeah, I mean, he's just been one of the best goalies of the last couple of decades there. Very much deserved. Glad to see him in. Um, he actually does sign by mail. Um, you I've got gotten him, him before. You? Yes, I have gotten him, and I may have another one's going out to him here soon. But uh, yeah, and you can pick up his rookie cards for fairly cheap. I mean, you can grab them on eBay for, you know, depending on which one you want. I mean, you can get like his, I think it's his Parkhurst and his uh, Upper Deck MVP under 10 bucks on each of those. You might be able to get him for about five bucks or so. His Young Guns one is probably going to put you back significantly more, but still, I mean, you can grab rookie cards of him at a very affordable price. All right, next up, this is, it was goalie year, right? 
Tom yes. Barrasso was goal. He played for the Sabres and Penguins, right? Yes. Did he play for anybody else? He might have been with Carolina for a bit, I want to say. I know he did something in there, at least as like a, maybe a goalie coach them for a bit. I don't know if he played for them or not, though. All right. Well, he is a, a Massachusetts kid. He's actually from Acton. I remember him when he was in high school when he came, yes. came out. Um, he was a very good goalie. Um, I don't know if he was a Hall of Famer. Uh, what do you, What's your thoughts on that? I, okay, preface this by me being a gigantic Pittsburgh Penguins homer. But yes, he absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. He won two cups with the Penguins there. Sure, I mean, he had a lot of really, he had a great team from him. He was kind of the anti-Lundquist in that regard. But I would absolutely put him in the Hall of Fame. He had some really great years there in Pittsburgh. He's one of the first really good puck handling goalies too. I think he seemed to have a lot of assists out there. And yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I am a bit of a Pittsburgh homer there when it comes to the Penguins at least. So take my... Take my words with a grain of salt if you want, but yes, I would absolutely put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad to see him get in. Don't know much about his rookie cards. His his rookie cards are junk era, right? Aren't they? Yes, it'd be probably around like 85, 86, 87, somewhere in there while he's with the Sabres. So you could probably score them for fairly cheap. Um, Don't expect him to sign, though. He does not TTM. I saw a few of him, a few TTMs from him when he was coaching in Europe. Anybody who was, you know, willing to get themselves some international posters to send him out there, he was willing to sign, it seemed, for a little bit, but... It's not very often. I have not seen him sign uh, domestically TTM, and he hated signing in person as well from everything I'd heard. Yeah, he. I, I remember even as a high schooler, he was kind of a grumpy guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? I mean, you're getting, you know, what, 30 pucks shot at you at 100 miles an hour every night. The last thing you want to see is somebody coming at you with a puck saying, hey, would you write your name on this, please? So get it. <laughs> All right, Mike Vernon, not the goaltender, right? Mike Vernon played for the Calgary Flames. I don't Did he play for anybody else? Oh, yeah, he was uh, Detroit and uh, San Jose as well, at least. Maybe a couple okay, of well, he, I remember him being a very good goaltender. I would think yes. he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, he had some great years with Calgary, uh, and I think his rookie card is kind of junk era as well, right? Yeah, I bet you can find that for about the same price as Barrasso. Same kind of uh, set errors there from probably somewhere between, what, maybe 82 to 87, somewhere in that range, but... Yeah, two-time cup winner. He won one with uh, Calgary there in, I think, it was in 1988, 89, somewhere around there. And then won one in Detroit in 97, the same year that he uh, threw down with Patrick Waugh. And, uh, I mean, Vernon was a small guy. He was about maybe 5'7", five, 5'8", five, five, somewhere in that range. Went up against Patrick Waugh, who's six foot four, and bladed him up in that fight that they had there in Detroit. So, uh, a little bit of a giant killer there. Two-time cup winner. And, yeah, I mean, multi-time all-star, just a solid all-around goalie. Another guy that, yeah, I definitely would uh, would agree to put him in. All right. Not known to be a TTMer as far as I know. He is not a TTMer? Right. Not uh, not as far as I know. I had an autograph at one point and traded him away, but uh, yeah, never got him. Yeah, I didn't think so. Pierre Turgeon, right? A great scorer. He played for the Sabres, right? Yep. And who else did he play for? Anybody else? Oh, let's see. Sabres, Islanders, Dallas Stars. I think he was in Montreal for a little bit. Yeah, Montreal for a little bit maybe, and uh, St. Louis as well. Okay. Um, he scored a shitload of goals. I know that. Yes. Yeah. 536, maybe somewhere around there. So yeah. So he's definitely a hall of famer. Absolutely. I mean, I, to me, it is, is absolutely unfathomable to think that there are 500 goal scorers out there who are not in the hall of fame. And Pierre Turgeon was one of them. I can think of at least like four others who are 500 goal scorers and are not in yet and should be in. And hopefully this is kind of the start of the dominoes falling to get those guys in, but yeah, I mean, Turgeon, the big thing that held Turgeon back was that he was not a cup winner at any point in his career. And you have to look, though, at the series that when he was with the Islanders, the year they upset the Penguins, and they went into the next round to go up against the uh, Washington Capitals. And it looked like he were going to win that series, and he got blindsided on that hit by uh, 
Dale Hunter that got 123 game suspension. I think he could have possibly helped take the Islanders to the cup that year. I mean, that team was that good, had such a great chance. And yeah, they just couldn't get past Montreal. I think it was in the next round. So uh, Pierre Turgeon, I think definitely deserves this. Uh, you can grab his rookie card fairly cheap as well. It's in the 88, 89 tops and OPG sets. I know that because I'm working on the uh, top set, getting it signed. Not a TTM run, unfortunately, but if you were ever to get him in person, he was usually a good signer in person. I got him a couple of times that way. Yeah, I wonder if these guys, the 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 three guys that don't really sign, if they'll end up signing in uh, Toronto at the That's what I'm hoping. At the shows yeah. up there. Be nice if Turgeon and Vernon do Barrasso. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, but Vernon and Turgeon, I bet they might do it. I would think so. Okay. The last three, these guys, uh, these people, I should say, because one of them's a woman. Um, they obviously didn't play in the NHL, but they they got in for uh Olympics and and for uh being a builder right a foundation yes. a coach or a, a builder so caroline ouellette and i don't know anything about her she, she was a, a an olympian mm-hmm. uh, and i'm not gonna ask you if she should be in or not because i don't know much about her <laughs> i'll say i mean from everything i know i'm not a huge women's hockey follower but of what i know she was one of the top players so yeah i'd say definitely put her in i like that the hockey hall of fame is uh, recognizing a lot of the uh, women's players now and from what i know she is definitely one that's deserving and these last two they got in can hit shot but in as a coach and he I remember him as being a very good coach and I'm not going to argue his uh, merits in or out but uh you know he won a couple I think he won a couple cups right uh and, he he won one with Dallas there he was won one with Dallas and he got uh ended up in Philly after that where he had some good teams but not quite able to get over the hump he ended up with the Blue Jackets with the with the uh Blues and with the Stars in a pretty crappy couple of seasons there for the Stars but yeah I mean he 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 helped really turn around some teams everywhere he went and uh I mean, yeah, coaches have been severely underrepresented in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I would say definitely put Ken Hitchcock in. Is he a TTMer? I'm not sure if he TTMs. I got him in person a couple of times, though, and he was always really great about signing there. And the last one is Pierre Lacroix. He was a, um, I think he was general manager of the, uh, of your uh, Colorado Avalanche, right? Isn't that? Yeah, he was GM there. I think he may have taken over when they were still in Quebec because uh, he actually played a few years with them in Quebec when they were, when the Nordiques were still around. Not a, not a great player or anything, but definitely great at assembling a team. And he definitely was uh, the guy that put that 96 uh, cup squad together. So I think, yeah, he would have to have started then in uh, Quebec because that was their first year in Colorado. Yeah. And I mean, he, he built the team. He built a, yes. he, he built a very good team. So congratulations to all the hockey hall of famers. Drew, thanks for giving your two cents on, on these guys. Uh, you, you, you know, some of these guys be- better than, than I, and uh, I know you're, you're, you're big and you're more, you're big into TTMing on hockey than I am. So, uh, I love to get feedback on, on these guys and uh, hopefully guys like, you know, I remember Vernon, Tijon, uh and Barrasso. And I, 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 it's too bad that they don't sign, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, a lot of the retired goalies there are kind of as our hit or miss. I mean, you get a guy like Andy Moog who will sign everything. Then you get a guy like Barrasso who's like part of the no, not now, not ever club, but it's good to see the hockey hall of fame recognizing those guys. There's been a severe shortage of goalies, and coaches both in the hall of fame and you got four out of the seven that have gone in this year fall into those categories yeah no who i saw started to sign is jerry cheevers he used to not sign ttm but he's been signing ttm lately so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna give him a try definitely yeah i mean that's that's a great one to get for sure all right buddy well that is uh we got that's all our hockey hall of fame just one other thing of note we've been following this is the the pwcc auction ends uh july 6th so that would be tomorrow 
and they are auctioning off a one of two known PSA 10 Pete Marriott tricky cards. It's 1970 cards. If you've got about $100,000 lying around, extra $100,000 lying around, you'll probably get this. Right now, bidding is still at $90,000, and we will report the final bid uh, result on our show on Saturday. So yeah. you got an extra 100 k lying around, Drew. Here's a shot at getting a PSA 10 Marriott rookie. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think maybe if I sell every autograph and every card that I have here and both our cars, which I think my wife might stab me if I tried to do that, I might be able to get it. I don't think <laughs> I'm going to go for it, though. I don't think I'm going to do it. All right, guys. That wraps up Hobby Happenings. Uh, we have a, a really fun interview coming with Bob DeMarco. Bob DeMarco played 15 seasons in the NFL as a center. He played with the St. Louis Cardinals, the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit, the um, Miami Dolphins, and the Los Angeles Rams. So we'll talk to Bob about playing in the NFL, about some of the coaches he played with, some of the players he played with and against. And we also talked to him about signing autographs. He signed CTM through the mail. So if you have a Bob DeMarco card, I sent off my his 1973 Cleveland Brown card, Drew, and he signed yeah. it. It's a really nice, nice card. He's got a, a bunch of cards out there. So if you have a Bob DeMarco card hanging around, Send it off to Bob. He will sign up. But please enjoy my interview with Bob DeMarco. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. With the summer just around the corner, baseball cards are heating up. Send your MLB stars, rookies, and prospects cards to CSG Cards for grading. Protect your PC and get your cards in the best holders in the hobby. Whether it's cards of Shohei Otani, Corbin Carroll, or Drew Jones, CSG Cards offers fast turnaround times with low grading fees. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. Joining the show is a veteran of 15 seasons in the NFL. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, and the Los Angeles Rams from 1961 to 1975. He was drafted out of the uh, Dayton, University of Dayton. He was a 14th round pick in the 1960 draft by then Chicago Cardinals, but they moved to St. Louis, guys, if you don't know that. And he played for the Cardinals from 61 to 69, the Dolphins from 70 to 71, the Browns from 72 to 74. And the Rams from 1975. He made three Pro Bowls and was on a seven All-Pro teams. Welcome to the program, Mr. Bob DeMarco. Welcome, Bob. Thanks, Jeff. Good talking to you. Nice talking to you. I'm looking forward to talking a little about your career and about playing center and learning a little about um, signing autographs of fans. So uh, let's get right into it, okay? Sure. Coming out of college, coming out of Dayton, you had a stellar career out of college. Um, was there a moment in training camp or, or, or maybe the first couple of weeks of the season where you said, I can, I, I can play in the NFL? Well, they drafted me as a defensive end. And then uh, when I was in camp for about three days, they switched me to, to guard. And uh, I was uh, Tom Day. He was the guard, uh, the swing guard the year before. And uh, I beat him out. And then, uh, you know, that's how I started my career. And I knew that I could. I could play in the NFL. Did you prefer playing center over guard? Because you played center for uh, mostly your career, right? Exactly. Well, what happened was uh, my rookie year, uh, I got a draft notice. You know, I was born in New Jersey, 
And uh, when you turn 21, they give you the draft notice. So I told the uh, the team that, and they said, well, it looks like you're, you're going to uh, make the team. And he said, we're going to send you down to St. Louis to join a uh, a reserve outfit, and then you could do your six months. Well, that was the time of the Berlin crisis, and they activated the unit I was in, so I only played four games my rookie year. That and then I came. That must have been yeah. difficult for you as a youngster. Oh yeah, well we we activated Fort Polk, Louisiana, and that that became the uh, AIT for going to Vietnam and so forth. It was closed from the Korean War, and when we went down, it was just you know high grass and snakes and so forth. And we activated, and they sent us to uh, Fort uh, Knox for basic training, and then uh, Eustis, and I became a helicopter mechanic. And then I I got out after in July, uh, so we served from September to July. And then I got to training camp, and uh, they had Herb Goody, who was the number one draft choice. He was an All-American center. And then they had Don Gillis, who was the, uh, the starting center, and Jerry Perry was a field goal kicker. He was a center. So when I got to camp, uh, they switched me to center. And I said, the only way I'm going to make this team is if I, uh, I start. So they cut Gillis, uh, and they switched Herb to tackle, and uh, Jerry Perry was the backup center. And that's how I started. That's unbelievable because you you came in you know being a 14th round draft pick I'm sure you didn't come in with a lot a lot of uh, hype and you had to work your way into uh, the starting lineup. Well, I was drafted right? I was drafted as a future because yeah. I, I went to, I went to Indiana for two years and I transferred and the, how I wound up a date is another story but you know anyway uh, yeah I was drafted as a future but by the Chicago Cardinals so that's you know and that was the year that. Uh, well, my, my my rookie year was Charlie Johnson, myself, Ernie McMillan, uh, Pat Fisher, and Taz Anderson. And other than Taz, who only played eight years, all of us played 15 to 17 years in the NFL. I, I know. I was going to say some, some big names there that had long yeah. careers. That's, that's exactly. kind of cool. Yeah. But how were the Cardinals teams? Because I'm not familiar with, with the Cardinals teams in the early 60s. How were those teams that you played on? Were they competitive or? Around. Well, uh, my rookie, well, my second year, we, we were what four nine and one. But then, the third year, we were nine and five. And and then in '64, uh, uh, we had a game against the Giants, uh, and they they tied us. It was a mud game, and that's what cost us the championship. And then Cleveland won that one. '65, we're five and one, and Charlie gets hurt, and we never had a, we never had backup quarterbacks. We should have had at least two or three championships but he got hurt you know and he, that was it so yeah i mean you know, we, we you, guys had, had a lot, you had a lot of names on those, those teams but but it just never uh came together i guess right yeah well we had a uh, i talked to a new york uh, giant scout and he said bob he said the cardinals had 18 guys that we couldn't match the only one better than that were the green bay packers <laughs> so <laughs> now we we had some ball players they were we, you know that offensive line i played with was the best you know I ever played with. I played with some Hall of Famers. So, you know, Ken Gray, he was the toughest guard I ever played with. So, and I played with Tom Mack and Gene Hickerson. So, I mean, I, and Larry Little. So, yep. I, mean, I wouldn't trade prefer, any of them. Did you prefer uh, pass blocking or run blocking? Well, when I played ball, you know, like well, Miami with Bob Greasy, if he if he threw the ball uh, seventeen times, eighteen times, we were losing. It wasn't good. Yep. So back when I played, it was a run game, 
you know, when you played against, I played with Jim Brown in, in a few Pro Bowl games. I mean, he was unbelievable. But the the the, the, the theory there was to keep him under 100 yards the first half, and you beat Cleveland. <laughs> so you know, it was a run game back when I played. It, it was a different it was a different game altogether that they're playing now. I, I don't even I don't even watch it. I mean, I mean, watching offensive line play like watching sumo wrestlers. You know, I know they're big. They're big guys, right? Yeah, big guys, and they just grab each other. You know, when I played ball, you had to keep your hands in. You couldn't, you know, you know, they come. They had the head slaps and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Hannafin told me, he said, Bob, he said, he said, over fifty percent of players today wouldn't play with the rules you guys had. You know, so yeah, I mean, because it it's a, it was a different game in, in the sixties and early seventies, and it certainly is. Oh today. yeah, no question about it. Yeah, that's what runners just, did you prefer blocking for? Did you prefer blocking for a guy, a north and south guy that would hit the hole quick, or did you did you uh, prefer a guy that was that was quick and liked to run off the the end? Is there is there any? Uh, well, no. I mean, I, I play with some great backs, you know, uh, John David Crow and uh, Leroy Kelly and Zonka, but none of them, uh, Johnny Rowland, none of them could match Jim Brown. I mean, sure. uh, he he was unbelievable. I play. I said I played Pro Bowl games with him. And all you really had to do was shield your guy, and I mean, pew, he'd be there. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I never played with the back like that in my life. I mean, he was absolutely the greatest, no question about it. Who were some of the toughest uh, defensive ends that you went up against in uh, linebackers? Well, the tackles, you know. Play, well, I, mm-hmm. I played against Huff. I played against Nitschke. I, Chuck, I played against Chuck Bednarik his last year. Uh, Joe Schmidt, I played against Joe Schmidt. So you know, uh, they 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 were they didn't have too many weak links when I played ball. <laughs> who who was the nastiest player you played against? Well, uh, Dick Butkus was was a tough. I used to love to play against Dick, but yeah, you know, he was just tough. He, he wasn't dirty. He was just he was just tough. He was mean, you know. So, but Ray Nitsche was good. Good, you know. Did, so, how about um quarter? How about quarterbacks? Was there any quarterbacks they like to play uh, for the block for them in terms that they got to rid of the ball fairly quickly? Or uh, well, Charlie Johnson, I played with Charlie Johnson, Jim Hart, and Bob Greasy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Mike Phipps. So uh, you know, I, of all of them, Charlie he had more guts than anybody. But he was just, you know, he just wasn't strong enough to hold up to the pounding. You know, Tom Brady, which you know you're familiar with. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, he's a he's a great quarterback, but I'll tell you right now, if he played my era, he would not have played as long as he had. You know, there's no question about it because the whole idea back then was to get the quarterback. You know, and they weren't protected. Right. I mean, they, now, they, they now, now it's like two hand touch. Right. They yeah, protect I mean, the quarterback now. Oh, well, the money they're making. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just like two hand touch. You can't hit them. You know what I mean? It's just it's ridiculous. They always they always say there's holding on every play as as a uh, center was there holding on every play that you could have got called. No, no, because we had to keep our hands in. We we couldn't extend our hands like now. Now it's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, it, you know, it, the first thing they do is put their hands out and they grab and be like I said, it's like sumo wrestling. That's why I don't watch yeah. it. I can't watch. You know, these, these number one. I played in the longest game in NFL history was Miami against uh, the Chiefs in Christmas Day in 19, uh, what was it, 1971. And that game went, what, it went to the middle of the sixth quarter, and it lasted like an hour and, I don't know, 20-some minutes, whatever. 
I mean, if we play that game today, it would last six hours. We had one one commercial at the seven and a half minute mark, and then you had timeouts or you know for injuries and that kind of stuff. Maybe you could call one, but we never had. You know, it was a continuous play, and these guys wouldn't have lasted. They, they could because they have timeouts now, so they can weigh three hundred and thirty pounds, and you know. And you see in Huffman and Puffin when it, you know, it's it's not the same game. It's totally different. But it's money. You know, they have to have the advertising for the money. Yep. But I understand you you were the center in that game, and you you hiked the ball to uh, your premium yeah. when he kicked the winning. Yeah, when he kicked the winning field goal. But what did you say to him before the game? Before it happened? I, I told him. I said, Gary, you better make this because I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> so and he did. So. <laughs> Was that was that your favorite game as a player? Was that your favorite game that you played in? Well, it was probably the most exciting game, you know, that I played in. But uh, the one game when I was with the Cleveland Browns, when the, when the, I got traded, you know, uh, before the start of the '72 season for the Dolphins, and we played them in the first playoff game, and we we kicked the hell out of them. We were beating them 14-13, but Mike threw I think two or three interceptions going in the score, and we we beat their brains in. I mean, we just. And we should have won that game, basically. That's the one game that I really regret my 15-year career because we should have won it. No question about it. But, you know, that's life. <laughs> Did you have any special rivalry, any teams that you enjoyed uh, beating or playing against? Yeah, with the Giants, Sam Huff. I used to love to go against him. Uh, let's see, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they, you know, they were always – um, they're up to uh, up to sixty six. They hadn't beaten us, you know, in my whole career, till the from sixty one through sixty six. Then they tied us in sixty six, ten ten. But that's the year that you know Charlie got hurt. In sixty six, we were uh, seven two and one, and Charlie and I both got hurt in the New York Giant game. And we had five games left. We had. Uh, Two against Pittsburgh, which were terrible back then. One against the yep. expansion team, Atlanta Falcons, and one game against Dallas and Cleveland. We had to win three of the five to win the championship, and we lost four of the five. Oh, that had, yeah. that had yeah. hurt. Oh, my in, God, uh, yeah. In 1967, you, you um, played in a game with a broken wrist and, and torn rib cartilage. How did that happen? And, and, and how did you, you, you play, play in that game? How did you stay in that game? Well, <laughs> the rib cars I, I toured, you know, during the game bef- the week before, and uh, on a Monday they said, hey, you want to go to Barnes Hospital? Uh, there's a thoracic surgeon down there. Take a look at your ribs. They go, well, yeah, I guess. So I went down there. <laughs> I'm waiting, and he comes in, and he got this long needle. I must have had to be six, seven Uh-oh. inches long. <laughs> he says, what are you going to do with that? He says, I'm going to put that in your ribs to see if, it, you know, Anyway, he shot me up, and it was fine. So we had two away games, and they flew him to the games. And at half, before the game and at halftime, he shot me up, you know. But I, I, it was torn rib cards. It wasn't broken ribs or something like that. So, you know, sure. I never uh, – so, you know. And then, then I broke my wrist, and I played – they just, you know, put a, a wrap on it because <laughs> they couldn't. It was my right <laughs> wrist. You know, like, so, you know. Flesh wound. You only got a flesh wound. Get your ass out there, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little bit different back then. So that, That's funny. You um, you, you played the, the beginning of your career with, with the Cardinals, and, and uh, then you got um, 
you signed on with the Dolphins and played a couple years with Dolphins, and those were really good teams. But um, and you, you lost your starting job to Jim Langer in 72 at preseason. But I saw you were traded to the Bills, but you refused to report. Was there a reason why? Um, you know, because you would have you definitely blocked for O.J. Simpson, and they, they were a pretty good team back then. Well, uh, they had an idiot for a coach. I, well, that's what that's his name. I forget his name. Anyway, Chua called him said I traded to Buffalo, and I said, I'm not going to Buffalo. He goes, what do you mean you're not going to Buffalo? <laughs> I said, I'm not going. What the heck was that guy? He's a coach of Philadelphia for a long time. So you just uh, didn't like the coach? You didn't like the coach? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the guy was, you know, he's a jerk. Anyway, so he said, I'll call you back in three hours. Later. Would you go to Cleveland? I said, yeah, I'll go to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight, you probably should have gone to Buffalo. Why? Good team. Well, Played with yeah, the electric we had, company and, and uh, O.J. Simpson. That would have been fun. Well, yeah, but they weren't that good. They were, they were, they weren't good. Other than O.J. Simpson, they weren't good those years. Because I mean, we used to kick no, the I hell out of them when I was with Miami. So no, I didn't. They weren't a good team, you know. So I didn't want to go there, but I didn't want to go there primarily because of the coach. God, I know I'll think about it when I hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you that's what happens when you're. That's what, that's what happens when you're 85 years old. No, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> Did you enjoy your time in Los Angeles? You only went there for one year and you decided to retire. Was, did you enjoy your time? Yeah, well, I, I was 38 years old. Chuck Knox got, brought me out there. Then yep. after the after the season, he said, Bob, he said, I want you to come back for two more years. I was 38. And I was, primarily they were going for the championship. And uh, they had a center there that uh, – he was a hypochondriac, and I said, "We just want to make sure we got somebody to back him, you know, back up." <laughs> uh, That's so, funny. you know. Anyway, uh, he said, I, "I want you to come back for two more years, and I'll get you into coaching." I said, "Chuck, I'm 38 years old. I'm done. I knew I was done. You know, you can't fool yourself. You know, you just lose that 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 tenth of a second. I mean, it's it's just that." perceptible that you just you know you, you and I knew it I was done you know I, I had more time uh in the league than the whole punt team for God's sake so <laughs> yeah and that was a pre- that was a pretty good Rams team right they you get they were like oh punt. god yeah yeah well we should have won it but you know uh the, the quarterback got hurt and James uh, Harris and then uh Jaworski came in he was like a, you know second year and he wasn't you know he was already but, yeah yeah, he wasn't ready yet. And then we played Dallas the first playoff game, and they beat us. You know, we were favored to win. You know, so. What was it anyway, like playing for Don Shula? Was he was he uh, was he a tough coach to play for? Not really. I, I thought he was a great coach to play for. Cause he, there was no BS to him. You know, I mean, his practices were just, you know, boom, boom, boom. They was they were quick and they were you know, they were hard. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, there was no BS to him. He didn't have a lot of goofy rules or anything like that. No, he he was he was a great coach. No question about it. Plus, uh, believe me, when we went to the, I always thought we were seven points ahead when we, before the game started. <laughs> I mean, cause that's what, you know. <laughs> that's that's very neat. Hey, I got yeah. I saw a, a quote from you uh, in a story, and 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 I love to bring it up. Um, you know, you, you were a kid from the 50s, so to speak, and, and later in your career in the late 60s and early 70s, um, the, a lot of the young players were smoking grass, especially in Miami and Cleveland, and that, I thought that was uh, – your take on that was, was unique. Well, that? <laughs> well, 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 I don't remember what I said. I know one thing. 
in Cleveland, uh, <laughs> I said, what the hell's going on? You know, they're going to get laughing and that kind of stuff. Over that in Miami, it was, it was doing double sessions. Well, actually, when I went down there, they were doing four sessions a day. When I got down there, they were only doing three. You know, and I'm, I was tired. I said, and I was with this guy, Doug Cousin, who was in his second year. And I said, what the hell's going on? And those guys are laughing. He said, ah, they're all smoking dope. I go, what? They said, yeah. So, I mean, but the average age of that team was like 24. I'm yep. 32 years old. You know, so I was an old man, you know. And so, you know, that, that's the way it was, you know. And in Cleveland, they had the Thursday rule. And I said, what the hell is the Thursday rule? He said, well, nobody smokes dope after Thursday. I said, oh, what do you do if you go to the Super Bowl? You stop on Tuesday. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> they were just young guys. It was, it was a different era. You know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah, it was a different time, and you, you kind of oh, yeah. were – you you are you are a mature person by that point, and these kids were just kids out of college. And exactly, exactly. Right, I, mean, I think they understood that it was a profession and it wasn't just a game, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know, when I was in Miami, you know, we used to sit. The guys who had most uh, league years in the leagues used to sit in first class. That was Shula's rule. But hell, you go back on a plane with you know after a game. I mean, you get high from the guys smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Something that doesn't come – it doesn't come up in conversation that much in terms of, you know, in football and in sports, but it's, you know, it's part of the the lexicon of the game, I think. Yeah, well, the thing of it is, uh, you know, the steroids started coming in later on in my career. You know, I I played against Curly Culp. He was like 6'1". When he first came up, he was 245. And then we played exhibition games against him when I was with the Cardinals. And then when I'm with Miami – He's still six one, but now he weighs two hundred and eighty pounds. I'm going, what? You yeah, know, I couldn't what figure it. Yeah. It was like hitting a steel beam, and then that it started in the early seventies, you know. And then you know, I used to bench press. I could bench press three hundred like five times, which I thought was pretty good. When I went with the Rams, these guys were warming up with three hundred pounds. <laughs> I said, "There's something different here." <laughs> So. Was there a was there a time when it it went from uh, when when working out and lifting weights became uh, commonplace in, in football? Because I'm sure when you first came in, it, it wasn't as prevalent as it, it was later in your career, right? Well, we didn't have any weights. Yeah, when I was with the car, we never had any weights at all. When I went to Miami, they had uh, they had one weight machine. It was that universal weight machine, you know. Yep. And then the only place, uh, two places I went to, Cleveland had had a whole weight room. That was in 72. And then when I went to the Rams, the same thing. But they still, you know, when I first started playing ball, they said, you don't lift weights because it makes you stiff. And, <laughs> you can't, you know, it doesn't make you flexible, So which was crazy. Because I, I started lifting weights in high school. So, you know, it was, it was a different era. I mean, they just... You know, our training camp, we started, like, you know, right after July 4th, and we had six exhibition games. Yeah. You know, and we and we, we they pay us $50, and we get thirty seven fifty clear, because they took taxes out. And so they, we had six exhibition games, they paid, paid us $50. Now they, they pay you these like, guys 100, 100 grand just to go work out. Just to show up, right. Well, you were a yeah, player up in the, six, in the 60s. Are, are you um, – it does it surprise you how quickly the the league has grown and how much money ha- has become uh, commonplace in the league in terms of like we were just talking that these guys are, have uh, you know millions of dollars worth of contracts oh, yeah. now. Well, you know, if I played today, I'd be making eighteen million dollars. I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. 
know, based on what I did, you know, uh, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, uh, you know, quarterbacks making forty, fifty million dollars. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> I mean, when you got doctors <laughs> and teach and teachers, you know, they're they're, they're starving and they're, and they're paying ball players that kind of money. I mean, you know, it's it's the same thing with baseball, all the sports, you know. But it's advertising. No, you got you guys laid the groundwork for that in the in, in the sixties to because if it exactly. wasn't for you guys, it exactly. would have happened. And our pensions are, you know, they've increased them. But I mean, then I if I play baseball, I'd be making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you know, with fifteen years. But uh, you know, that's the way it is. The owners don't didn't care about us back then. They sure now it's a, now they're making billions. Before you know, Art Modell bought the Cleveland Browns I think in '62 for four point two million dollars. I mean, you know, that's. The contrast, you know, now or what did uh, Washington sold for? Uh, what a billion dollars or two billion, billion dollars? Yeah. So I mean, well, you yeah, were entirely. You were, you were inducted in the sport, St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame in 2018. Do you think it, it hinders your uh, you getting in the NFL Hall of Fame that uh, St. Louis is not uh, currently a, a team because that's really where you you had uh, your best years? Do you think that that hinders you? And your potential to get in the hall, the NFL hall. Well, thing. it was it was flyover, you know. We 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 had plus the fact the sports writers we had were baseball writers, you know, the Cardinals, baseball Cardinals. They were the you know, they were the team. So they they, you know, we we just didn't have the following, and you know, like I said, we were the furthest expansion team, being like you know St. Louis. Yeah. So we didn't get the coverage, you know. I mean, well, the thing, here's the crazy thing about it. In 62, when they switched me to center, I had a hell of a year, and you know, I didn't go to the Pro Bowl game. I was really pissed. And they, they they selected John Morrow from the Cleveland Browns. He only played half a game every every game. Wow. I said, and I said, this is this is BS. Then in 63, I went, and uh, I didn't go in 64, and then 65, I went, and then in 67, I got. Picked, but then I got married, and my wife was having a baby. And uh, right at the time of the Pro Bowl game, I called up Pete Rozelle. I said, Pete, I can't go. And he said, What do you mean you can't go? He said, We don't have anybody. I said, Well, I said, my daughter's being born. I said, It's going to be by that time. So anyway, uh, I didn't go. And then right after that, let's see, 60, 68, I didn't go to the Pro Bowl game. And 69, I was first team All Pro, and I didn't go then. So, I mean, you know, I went three times. I should have gone more times. Basically, you know what I've done, you know. Was, but, Matt, was the pro was the, was the Pro Bowl in Honolulu then, or was it? No, no, it was always in L.A. In L.A., that's what I thought. Yeah, they, they if you won, you got eight hundred. If you lost, you got five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, it's just well, like I said, we we got fifty dollars for an exhibition game. We played six, you know, six yeah, three hundred dollars for six games. <laughs> I mean, Did you save any of your Pro Bowl uniforms? Uh, tops or, or helmets from the, the game? No, no. Uh, no. What happened? All, all my jerseys, my daughters used them as night shirts, so they're all gone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah, they, they, you know, they, I had you know, the Cardinal jerseys, I had Cleveland Brown jerseys. <laughs> I think I got one. My daughter, I get to my daughter it was the Ram shirt, and I said, "Hey, you can be back. I can make money." She says, "No, you can't have it." <laughs> that's, that's the only jersey, but the rest of them. They use them as night shirts, which were great, you know, because they were they they were 
So now they they ruined all of them. But you know, I got footballs and that kind of stuff. But you know, and MVP from Cleveland. You know, one year I was MVP for them. They got the trophy. But I I don't have you know the helmet I had. Uh, I gave it to when I started working. Uh, this uh, plant manager. He he was he was raising his grandson. So I gave him the helmet that I used. I mean, I wish I would have had it because I showed people what it was like. It was, you did know. You, um, did you keep any? Uh, did you collect autographs or anything when you were, were playing? No, we didn't. No. Do that. no, no. Well, I'm let's surprised now. I, I get you know two, three letters a week with the cards yeah. that you sent me. You know, I was, uh, God, I just you know. Anyway, I, I send them. I, I just send them out. You know, I just sign them and send them out. I had some one guy send me twenty dollars, and I I sent the money back. I said, "No, I said, you know." Do you, do you think it? Do you think it's not? I need fans still want your autograph. You know, we haven't played in forty years or fifty years almost now. Yeah, fifty it's, years. Yeah, 50 years. 50 years. You think it? Yeah, I mean, I remember you as a player. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in my late fifties, so I I certainly certainly remember you. Uh, in your Cleveland days, and, and even in Miami days, because I'm, I'm a Patriots fan, so I, I certainly remember you as a player. But um, it, 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 it must be nice for you to, that fans still still want your autograph, no? Well, you know, I, it always <laughs> it sort of shocks me. <laughs> that does I, it? I guess they, yeah, it does. Because you know, like I said, I'm going to be 85 in September, and these people that write me, they said. You know, you're, you know, the letters are funny. You know, you you were a great player. My father told me about you, and I never saw you play. I got one letter. I got one letter from from Holland, and it said this letter has traveled four thousand three hundred miles or something. Oh. He, he he had a card. I don't know how he got a card in Holland, but you know, he said if you ever get here, he said come visit me. <laughs> and I got one from Vietnam, one time. You know, a guy sent me that. So you know, it's it's sort of funny to get to get the letters. You know. I always ask this to former players. Um, did you ever go into a grocery store or a pharmacy and pick up a, a pack of cards to try to get your own card when you were playing? No. 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 <laughs> no I, 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 I That would have been the first thing I would have done as a 22-year-old kid. I would have been like, I would have bought a box of cards just to keep opening it to get my own card, you know? <laughs> no, I never did. Well, you know, when I played, they, they like had uh, Yoo-Hoo uh, Chocolate. Uh, and they had the the caps. They had the photos of the guy, ball players, and so forth. Yeah. You know. But uh, no, I I never. You know, I never. Even, I never even thought about it. To tell you the truth. Were, you know. Were you a, were you a card collector as a kid? Did you collect baseball cards as a kid? No, no. No, I was a big Roy Rogers fan when I was a kid. <laughs> you know. And uh, I had all. I don't know if you remember. They had comic books back then. They had actual sure. color photos. I mean, there was these photos of now it would have cost a whole bunch of money, but you know I was a big collector of that. But uh, as far as that, you know, I tell you, we watched football. It's like it's funny because I played against Bednarik his last game uh, twice, once in Philadelphia, once in Cincinnati. In fact, it was the last game of the season where I played against him. But when I was a kid, we used to get you know I had black and white TV, and we and we used to get the Philadelphia Eagles, and I always remember you know Bednarik playing, you know. And that was like in the fifties. So. And you didn't, you didn't, you didn't want to ask him for his autograph, or that just was frowned upon back then. No, not really. No, I just, you know, I mean, after I played against last game, and I shook hands with him, and he says, "I think you're going to make it, kid." <laughs> so, no, that must make you feel nice. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, he was, you know, 
And he, he was still, you know, he was, he was slower and so forth, but, you know, um, I had a good game against, but good God, he was, what, 38, same age I was when I retired, so he wasn't yeah. exactly, you know, the Chuck Bednarik. Do you, do you remember seeing your your first card, your first uh, the bubblegum card? And, uh, Just, you like someone, uh, yeah, someone showed you, oh, here's, here's the, I, I got your card here, did you ever, you know, I, I you tell you the truth, I can't remember if somebody ever showed it to me because I, I, like I said, I wasn't into that kind of stuff, you know. Like it, now, it just it sort of shocks me. I mean, that you know that I think there's what four or five different cards that the people send me, you know. Yeah. So, do you have a well, favorite I, card? Do you have a favorite card? Do you have, do you have one of the uh, cards that you really like? Is not really. I mean, no. I like the, I like your seventy four your seventy four card that your um. When you were on the Browns and you you play against the Giants and a kind of inaction card. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, there's other photos. Uh, let's see, I don't think uh, Miami, Cleveland. Uh, yeah, there's there's like four or five different ones, you know. So, yeah. But I, I like I said, you know, I, I'll get maybe a couple letters a week, you know. Still, you know, some sometimes I, I thought maybe somebody knew I was going to die or something. I got six letters in one week. <laughs> I said somebody knows something I don't know about because <laughs> I got six letters, you know, from different parts of the country. They come from all over Washington, you know, Florida, all over, you know. Have you had any um, reunions with any of your, your your former teams? Do they have a you know a reunion of the the Dolphins '71 team or uh, the Cardinals get together? Any of the any of the teams have reunions? No, no. Well, they they you know they'll, they'll have games that kind of stuff. You want to come down? They don't pay for it. The one time they paid was when Bob Greasy had his retirement party. Yeah, I was invited. I was invited to that, uh, but you know, not really. You know, like I see guys here, like Jackie Smith. I see him here in town, and you know, Johnny Rowland and those guys. We have lunch and that kind of stuff. But other than that, no. Do you still have your ring from from uh, when you played in the Super Bowl with the Dolphins when you went? You uh, oh yeah, AFC? yeah, I have that. I'm gonna give it to my grandson. Very neat. And I'm sure. Do you have any regrets uh, missing out on the '72 team that that went uh, was a perfect team? Do you, do you miss your? your well, the thing was, uh, Monty Clark was the line coach then. He came from Cleveland. He just starting, and uh, for some reason, I don't know. He, uh, I guess, he thought I was trying to take his job, which I wasn't. But he wasn't that astute as being the line coach and. And I was helping these guys out, and he'd say, well, would you learn that? And I said, well, Bob, so, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, and Langer, he always had two hands on the ball. What happened was they called me in after the second year. It was the year of the 72 season, and Chula calls yep. me in, and he goes, it was the third or fourth, or the fourth exhibition game. And he said, Bob, we made a decision. I know that was the year my son was born, okay, and I, I didn't go down to camp right away. And, that, and so you know, I finally went down, and he was born. But then uh, Shula, when I got there, he says, well, he said, we're going to play Langer to see if he can, you know, play ball. And I said, what? So anyway, so it was the fourth exhibition game, and they called me, and they said, well, we made a decision. We're going to uh, go with Langer. I said, well, we want you here, if, you know, as backup. And I said, that's fine. I said, I want a no-cut contract. And he said, you got it. I said, I want it in writing. He said, well, I can't do that. And I said, well, I can't stay. He says, what do you mean? I says, I'm getting in my car. I'm going home, Don. 
I said, I'm not staying here with my family and three games into the season. You trade me. I said, no, I'm not doing that. And I left. So, you know, that's – Yeah, well, it. A different, it was a different time, right, with, with uh, guaranteed contracts and, and – uh, Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if I would have had no trade, no cut contract, I would have stayed. You know what I mean? But, you know, you wouldn't give me a right – Here's the thing. The reason why I wound up at Dayton, I went to Indiana. And they had Phil Dickens, yep. who was from the South, and he was from Wyoming, and he had side saddle team. We were like one and eight, you know. And I, I just, and I, I was a sophomore, and I started freshman one eligible. I started, you know, as a tackle. I beat out some of the veterans. Anyway, I started as a sophomore. So after the season, I said I, I just didn't like it there, and I called up Schwartzwald at Syracuse. I said, Hey, I said I'm thinking of leaving, you know, Indiana. I said, You know, could you possibly, you know want me up there. He said, yeah, Bob. So anyway, I left in January of 58, and then I went up there, and I signed up for the business school and that kind of stuff. And a week before I'm supposed to go there, Schwarzwald calls me up and says, Bob, I can't, I can't take you. I said, what do you mean you can't take me? He said, well, Indiana's going to call up the NCAA and say, I'm interfering with you going back there. And Dickens did this. And I called up Dickens. I said, why are you doing this? He said, well, you know, you're part of the team that we're building this, you know, I said, that's not the point. I said, I'm not coming back there. And so that's how I wound up at Dayton because I had a scholarship there. You know, Bud Kerr was the coach there. Yep. Notre Dame. Did you lose it? Did you lose a year back then? Did you have yeah, to Yeah, I had, to sit, I, had to, yeah. I had to sit out a year. That That's how I got drafted because back then, if you graduated in class, graduated, you could get drafted. That was the rule they had back then. So. Did you ever did you ever play with any quarter any teams that used the shotgun and did you prefer uh, under center as opposed to the shotgun? No, well, you know, I never played that. No, you never all. played with, tr- with shotgun, so you were no. you were, you were off under center. Right. No, I, you know I snapped the ball for extra points and then field goal and punts. And I'd say, well, that's what you had to do if you were center. <laughs> you know, now well, I could have. They say, well, you couldn't play that. I said, yeah, I could play today. I said, yeah, I get up to 250. I played at 250. I'm like 229, 230 now. But I said, they're still paying $2 million for guys to snap the ball. I said, I can do that because these, these fat guys, I said, they can't run down on the punch. <laughs> so I said, I can Yeah, I mean, play. they have specialists, right? They have the long snappers, but that all they do is long snap for. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't have special. When I made the team, we had 37 guys in the team. You know, when I left, I think it was up to 45. You know, but now they got 57 or whatever the heck it is. I don't know. They got a big camp squad, but we didn't have that. Right, and they instituted the rule to protect the center, especially on on kicks. Right, the you. Can't, oh yeah, now that you can't touch them. Right. Before they used to put three of the biggest guys on you, try to drive your head through your neck. <laughs> you know. I mean, that, sure. that was that was standard. You know, <laughs> that was you know, and then they used to hit you all the time, and now they can't do it. Yeah, I mean, but between the rules and the equipment, I think it's a, it's certainly a different game, right? Oh, no question about it. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think Bob some DeMarcus, equipment they got, I think they could, you could shoot, get shot, they would, you wouldn't feel it. <laughs> Bob DeMarco, thank you very much for your time. We're speaking with Bob DeMarco. Bob DeMarco played you know, 15 seasons in the NFL with the St. Louis Cardinals, the Miami Dolphins, St. Louis, the Cleveland Browns, and the Los Angeles Rams. Bob is a great signer through the mail. If you have any cards, to, uh, send out to Bob. Bob signs through the mail. Uh, he, he is, he's a, a, a great uh, ambassador for the game, and uh, it was really nice to talk a little about your career and, 
you know what? When I when I when I first uh, talked to you and, and I found out you were going to you were going to be on the show, I'm like, what am I going to talk to this guy about? He's an offensive lineman. What do I talk to him about an offensive lineman? <laughs> exactly. But when I learned about your career, my friend, I was like, this is, you had such, you had such an interesting career, and, and, and you know you 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 played with and against all these great guys, and it was really a pleasure to. Uh, to, to chat with you about, about your time in the NFL and, and uh, you know, just signing autographs and the things that, that you, you've seen over your, your time in the NFL. So, uh, you know, it was a pleasure. It was really appreciated. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you, Jeff. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you, my friend. And, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Okay. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Thank you, Bob. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bob. Yeah. I'm going to run this um, this coming Wednesday. Oh, okay. All right. What I'll do is I'll send you a link when it's up. Um, it will be out on Wednesday the 5th. Oh, okay. Good enough. Okay. All right. All right. Thank yeah, you. I good. really appreciate it. Nice meeting you. Yeah. And I, I hope you had as much fun as I did. Oh, I did. No problem. I mean, you're the first guy that I said to myself, I said, I told my daughter, I said, I got this guy, this Jeff, he said, he called me from Massachusetts. I said, he's got all these New England Patriots. I said, well, I don't know why he'd be calling me. I just, I was just an offensive lineman. No, no. I, I love talking to guys in your area. You guys are, you guys are the best. Yeah, well, I think I think so, but you know, I, I I tell you what, we had fun. We didn't make a lot of money, but we had fun. I don't know if they're having fun today, even though they're making. No, I hope around. I hope I hope they are. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too, because it's a great game, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I see too many people disrespect the game. You know, they don't have respect for it. Yeah, that's that's sad. So. All right. Well, I, I wish you the best. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me, and maybe we'll have you on the show again. Okay. Okay. Good. I got your card here, Jeff. So. I'll keep it. All right. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Take care. Have a good fourth. You too. Bye. Bye. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier thanks to the free Collect app. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC. Sell off your cards for top dollar. Trade up to get your Grail card. Are you new to the app? Don't worry about it. There's an option to check out with credit card, generate shipping and tracking, and use promo credits towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play. Drew, I love talking to these guys, the the, the old players. You know, they're really, mm-hmm. they, you know, Bob Bob's 84 years old, so he is... Uh, you know, he's not pulling any punches and he's not trying to impress anyone. Uh, you know, if you, if you caught the interview, you mentioned one, one, uh, a player who may or may not have done steroids, in his opinion. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of other stuff that he talked about. And if you do have any cards of Bob's lying around, Bob is a great signer through the mail. He signs very, very quickly. So if you have a Bob DeMarco card, you might want to get it off to him to sign. And Drew, anytime you get a former Cleveland Brown, right? Absolutely. I'll have to check and see if I've gotten him before. And if not, well, I'll be going out and grabbing a couple cards for sure. All right, buddy. Uh, that is it for this week for TTM Cast 101. I should say this week. I should say today, right? Yeah. Saturday on TTM Cast, we have uh, TTM collector Kurt Harbertston. We talked to him about uh, collecting. It's a really fun interview. And we talked to Clemente Lisi about the National, the upcoming National, and his plans for the National. So that will be Saturday. Next Wednesday, we speak with Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions. Find out what Heritage has planned for the National this year. We talked to uh, 
Derek about our hobby, what's been going on uh, with Fanatics and, and Panini and all sorts of other cool stuff. So that will be next Wednesday. Derek Grady from Heritage Auction. So again, Saturday, Kurt Hubbardston Collector uh, and Collector's Corner and Clemente Lise. Drew, anything else before I let you go? No, I think we are pretty well covered here. Just uh, hopefully the hopefully the mailbox is a little bit more friendly to me here than it has been early on this week. All right. Well, good luck, guys. Many happy returns to everyone. We will see you on Saturday. Be good. Thank you.